Good afternoon, and welcome back to another episode of Expansion of Consciousness. I'm your host, Jason Medlock, and we've been having some great guests on this show that have really given our audience um, something something to think about, whether they are looking for ways to improve their mindset, whether they are looking for a coach to help them, um, uh, you know, remove a hurdle in their life or to or to jump the next hurdle in their professional life uh, we've tried to bring you a variety of people uh, that have been able to share i mean wonderful concepts whether they be metaphysical uh, whether they be business concepts or whether they be concepts that help you improve your life so tonight we have a special young lady uh, here to speak with us and to share information that may be uh, helpful to, you know, anyone who it resonates with. Over the last 20 years, the voice of Hashandra has been heard by millions worldwide. As co-owner of the Pink Group, a branding and marketing team, Hashandra was able to self-publish her first book, Attached, in 2018, which focuses on the emotional drama of losing her virginity as a teenager. In 2022, Hashandra released the sequel, Unattached, the final season, which is an incredible book focusing on her 20-year journey of discovering the authentic version of herself in the area of romantic love. Hashandra is an experienced writer and a motivational speaker who shares significant parts of her journey rooted in her authentic mindset changes. Through books, events, and music, Hashandra approaches uncomfortable and relatable topics in an unbiased manner, capturing the hearts and minds of her audience, leaving each individual with life-changing tools on how to just be while unrambling, unrambling themselves gracefully. Hashandra is the owner of Do Not Overthink Me LLC and the founder and president of the Manifest a Deliverance Foundation Incorporated. Don't ever think me is a reminder to don't overthink yourselves out of being yourself, just be. And that is a interesting um, um, statement, just be. It reminds me of a book, Be Here Now. And, it, and the, the book also talks about just being where you are, being still. But let's go ahead and bring Asandra on uh, without any further ado. Hey there, Hassandra. How are you? I'm great. How are you doing today? I'm doing good. I am so happy to have you on. And you have a lot of interesting concepts and and experiences with coaching uh, people in your own uh, experiences with your own life. I'm just dying to know what moved you in this direction um, to, to, to become an author, to become a coach. 
So what really moved me was needing to release for myself. I always tell people attached was for me, but unattached the final season is for the world. I was in a place where I needed to write, where I needed to find my outlet and writing is one of my outlets. Also music right. is an outlet. Right. So writing attached, I just needed to get that story out of me. And in the process, <clears throat> in the process of healing me, I knew that I could heal other people, especially teen mothers or people who felt like they had to give a part of their self that they really wasn't ready to give. And I know as a teenager, you hear about the STDs, you hear about pregnancy, you hear about all the things, but the emotional drama that comes with losing your virginity. So it was very, very important for me to get my story out. And also just the story of love. Love is a universal language and making sure that people understand that love is a process and love is a process that never ends in any area beyond just romance. Just getting that out as well has just been um, rewarding for me and also rewarding for others, which again, turns the story back to being rewarding for me. And I picked up on one of your uh, your taglines, uh, just be. Yes. And that's a very powerful word, uh, Hashandra. Um, and, 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 and it made me think for a moment before I brought you on. How do you just be? And I, I'm so happy that you asked that question, because that's a question that I get a lot from clients, from friends and a question that I had opposed to myself. And one thing that I refer back to when I think about just being is nature. Just think about a tree. A tree may look like it's not doing anything, that it's just standing there. But in all reality, so many things are going on inside that tree. There's growth going on inside that tree. There's stability going on inside that tree. No matter the forces around, no matter the hurricanes, you know, that tree is always there in most cases, especially if it has strong roots. So when people ask me, you know, what does it mean to just be? It means just to sit in yourself, to begin mm -hmm. to understand yourself, to begin to understand that the things around you can be going on. But if you can grip hold to your soul and grip hold to your mind, then you can elevate to that next place in your mind and make it manifest by just being, being present in that moment where it seems like there's nothing, but everything is developing because even in that nothing, your mind is working. Your mind is still thinking. Even when we sleep, we dream. So the mind is continuing to work in every moment that we actually live. So just kind of resting in that place, understanding that we always don't have to be busy. Oh, I like you. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I, you know, just uh, music to my ears. I, I was smiling the entire time because you were absolutely right. And if I can add one more thing that could help a person just be is to you know, maybe not self-identify. You know, the mm -hmm. book that I was speaking of, uh, Be Here Now, is the same type, uh, and, you know, same type understanding of what you're saying, just be. And sometimes when we self-identify with these titles and in, in, in the way we perceive ourselves in life, it's hard, you know, to just be. And, and But that's another uh, tip for the audience uh, who may be looking. But I know that you... You care about your health. Um, you you made it a point that you were going to change the way you 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 were eating. Why did you become a vegetarian? So one of the main reasons that I became a vegetarian was basically to self-discipline. I wanted to see if I could do it. But mm -hmm. more importantly, I had just been through some stressful stages in life and I came to a point where I needed 
to change my health. I needed to lower my cholesterol. I needed to lose weight. I needed to be here for my kids. So becoming a vegetarian actually for me wasn't just about not eating meat. It was about being here for my grandchildren that's not here yet. It was about creating gener generational wealth. It became more than just eating. It became a lifestyle so that my life can continue. And I think that um, a lot of times we look at the surface of losing weight or healthy living, not really creating a concept of why we're doing it. Why do you want to be healthy? Do you just want to be healthy to be healthy? When it comes to me, I want to be healthy because I want to be around. I want to be healthy because I want my mind to be healthy, my body to be healthy. And I know I need my soul to be healthy. I need every aspect of me just to be healthy. So that's why I became a vegetarian. And I can't say that I haven't, I haven't conquered being a vegan yet. I don't know if I want to conquer the veganism, but definitely just deleting some dairies. I know that dairies uh, food form a lot of mucus in the body that can cause a lot of issues when it comes to the mind. So you talked about, uh, you know, a, a lot of the, a lot of the things that you told yourself uh, while you were changing the way you ate or the way your thought process mm -hmm. uh, on why you were doing it. So that, that takes an extreme amount of discipline and faith. So yes. I guess my question would be, how do you define your faith if you have that strong of a will? So for me, and I'm, I'm mm, great question. Mm -hmm. For me, I had to redefine faith. And I, one thing that I like to do is to tell people to redefine. I love redefine. That is yes. one of the things. I, I remember going to a pond, and I just was I was struggling in my faith, and I was like, "Okay, God, it's me and you here. Um, I don't want anybody else." I just want me and you. I don't want the scriptural version of what faith is or what anybody told me. I need to define faith for myself. So I finally came to the conclusion is faith is knowing what God has done, knowing what God can do because of what he's already done. And so that's what I hold on to. So I know that I've lost weight before. I can do it again. I know that I've been disciplined in high school with basketball and, you know, being an athlete. I know I can do it again in my late 30s. So I've already seen what can take place in my life. So I know what can take place in my now so that my future can be changed. So just redefining that faith and put it on a level that was comfortable for me to understand and not only to understand, but to live out. And the way I look at that is when you say redefine the faith, that faith, that means that anything about you can change. Mm -hmm. If you can redefine your faith to make sure you're back on the right frequency with God, and that their relationship is redefined and it, and it started in the right direction. You can do the same thing when you're dealing with PTSD. You can do the same thing when you're dealing with depression. You can do the same thing when you're, when you're dealing with anxiety. You can micro, you can change your habits in a micro fashion by redefining yourself. So that, that that's an outstanding, um, you know, way to use it uh, when we're talking about the faith. Um, so, Let's just take a look at your website because I've been wanting to show that uh, you have a lot of interesting things on here. Um, you know, that, the, 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 you know, I want you to share with the audience, you know, kind of about, about you and what you have going on. So let's kind of let's pull you up right here. Let's see where you are. OK, I know I had it on there. Oops, it's right there. OK, we're going to go to something else until I can find it. Um, but I want to ask you another question. Um, you know, why I'm trying to, I'm fumbling with this uh, website deal. Um, I was reading in your information 
that music had been a lot of help to you. What does music mean to you? And when you say it helped you recover, how did it play a role in your recovery? Yes, music is my first love and love will forever be my first language. That is a quote I came up with and that I just love to tell people. I absolutely love music. I love sound. I'm so attracted to sound and I'm so attracted to just music. It gives me a whole feeling just inside and beyond that, just being able to write and flow authentically, knowing that I can utilize those skills or because I sing and I also write music as well, but I can utilize those skills to heal myself. And also something that I say a lot is, it's important to feel, but it's also important to heal. Knowing that I can feel what was going on in those songs, but I can heal because I can go back and I can listen to them and I can say, okay, Hassandra, this is where you were then. You were sad at this moment or you were happy at this moment or you were releasing through pain because of death at this moment, but this is where you are now. So it's a measurement for my growth. Music has been a measurement for my growth and it still is today. So I am absolutely in love with music. I do jazz, country, hard metal, any type of music I can pretty much relate to and I can listen to, but nothing helps me more than just listening to my own. That is outstanding. So tell us about this young lady right here. Oops. She is a fighter. <laughs> she okay. is a, a go-getter. She is someone who understands that I need to talk to myself, listen to myself, and grace myself. She is someone who has graced herself graciously throughout the process, understanding that life is a process that we have to just live. You know, one of the only thing in life that we have to do is live. So it's how we live, how we want to be remembered, and more importantly, just how I want to define myself. So she has is a woman who have changed her mindset to just become the authentic version of herself. So Kent, is it is it okay if we can give each other kudos? Because I just want to let you know you are a natural coach. <laughs> it's just it's it's just seeping out of you. It's just coming out the way you are able to get to your point and and explain it. So. Whoever is listening, you have a um, a true professional that's that's here talking about issues right now. Okay, I, I'm just I'm just saying. <laughs> so, but no, but no, uh, Hashandra, um, I want to talk about your book. Okay. All right, um, you have written a few books, and one of them was uh, attached and unattached. Um, un was it un unrambling and unattached? Unattached, the final season. Okay, oh, the final the final season. Can you talk about the way these books started, and you know what went into it, and what what's your message for women? So, unattached, the final season. Well, attached is the original book. Right. That is me basically talking about how I lost my virginity and the emotional drama that it that it caused. Unattached, the final season is my twenty year journey of discovering the authentic me in the area of romantic love. So in this book is so universal, even though it's wrapped around the concept of love, there is areas that talk about my transitioning with my spirituality. There is, is, there is um, mm. areas that talk about preventative methods. Everybody wants to talk about what you do after the fact, after you get into it. And unattached to final season, I wanna get to the core of how to prevent it how to prevent certain um, concepts from coming into your mind 
And then another thing is what I once believed, I don't have to believe it now. Just coming into that mind frame that even though I believe this in the past, I have the right to change my mind. It's not just the ABC. There's also a D and I can create that D. And everyone kind of gets to the point where why does it take you? Why does it take you so long? Why did it take you 20 years to discover you? I graced myself and it took me that long to really identify what I wanted in an individual that I cared to spend the rest of my life with. But first understanding that I had to discover who I was. I had to first come to understand and learn and love Hassandra. And that took time. Mm. And it's time lesson after lesson, relationship after relationship, situation after situation. And it's okay because who's rushing me? I don't need someone else to rush my process or my progress. I can only do that. I know every aspect of my life and some aspects I don't understand yet. And I'm okay with that. And that's a chapter in the book, living in my okay, being okay with being okay with me. Mm. Very powerful, very powerful. And I want to encourage the audience um, to support Hashandra's uh, books. Let me get those back up here. But I want to encourage you guys to uh, read them. And there's always information that touches somebody's life when you read a book. Just pick a book up and read a book, first off. But <laughs> um, so Hashandra, how how difficult was it or how easy was it to get your thoughts and put them on paper? I know you're a natural writer, but at some point you had to go through uh, those writing spells. So when did you feel you were coming into your own uh, with your writing career? So I've always been a writer. I just always loved journaling, poetry, but writing unattached the final season. There was days that I sat in front of my computer and I literally cried. Mm. There were tears put behind this book because I knew that there were some things I needed to release that would help someone else. But I said, do I really want to release this publicly? And every time I told with it, I was back and forth. Should I write it? Should I not write it? It was like, write it, but also write it in a tasteful manner. Because the main thing, even though there was other people in my life, of course, relationships, it, it entailed a, a different person or entailed a different person. It was like, mm, I don't want to expose them. I want to make sure that I'm doing it tastefully, but I want to get the point across. So another thing about the book is it tells about me. It's not one of those books where you're being messy and you're talking about the other person. No, I'm talking about my changes, my mess, my breakthroughs, my mindset and the struggles that I had. And I'm being very transparent about it. So I really just I had to cry some days because I felt my spirit saying, say that. But my mom was like, don't say that. That's going to be backlash later. Or don't say that because now you're, you know, kind of getting into some territory that's kind of wishy-washy. So I, I it was very difficult, especially when I talked about, um, I talked about, you know, rape and those type things. All of it is enclosed in there. And basically those preventative methods, again, and how you can give your body to someone, but in the process of giving your body, your mind is saying no, but your body's saying yes. And dealing with those too. So there's there's some very in-depth, detailed, um, some detailed details in Unattached, the final season. Mm -hmm. So when you say unattached, I mean, I'm, I'm assuming that, you know, Dayton was a part of this unattachment or you, you, you know, you were focused on other things, but it just seems like when we do go through this spiritual walk or we do go through this transformation that we always view those type of relationships differently. 
um, what were your views on dating when you were going through this, um, this transformation in your life? A lot of my views on dating came from the way that I was raised. Hmm. I, um, my mother had me when she was 20 and she worked a lot. So my grandparents and what I call the village raised me. So my grandparents, they were in a happy marriage. You know, they were the couple to see. They were the example. So I would always want to re I wanted to resemble. I wanted to have that whole relationship. I wanted mm -hmm. to be with someone for, someone for the long haul, which right. is why I stayed in relationships that I needed to get out of for so long. And my grandma used to always say, you know, you're going to let that person go for one issue. Then you want to get with the next person and they're going to have seven issues. You know, you don't jump from pillar to post. You got to stick with somebody. And so I took that. And as I grew older, I was like, you know what? I don't have to do that. I don't have to deal with that. So just having that example of having, you know, wanting to hold on and wanting to be in a relationship caused me just to stay in relationships way too long. You know, sometimes there, there are other there are other uh, ways you can look at it as well from the metaphysical side. They say that when you stay in the relationships too long, that you are extending the contract. Mm -hmm. like there, there was a contract to period that you were supposed to be in a relationship according to what you prepared for before you incarnated. Because all spirits plan their journey and they plan their actual incarnation. So they say that the contracts. Uh, need to be broken even from the parents at some point so that you can go and live your life. And that goes with breaking those generational curses, breaking those generational mindsets. And it's not that what they did was wrong, but what they did might not be for you. And so mm -hmm. I had to tell myself, this isn't your lifestyle. You've had this amazing daughter at, you know, as, as a teenager, then you got married, you got a divorce. Now you have another daughter. So that's not your life. But after that, here's what you can write. So also just telling myself that life still continues, love still continues, and I will still continue. So, Hashandra, it is such a pleasant, <clears throat> it's so pleasant talking with you. Um, I, I say we can take this conversation anywhere, but give us some insight on what you believe this generation is missing. This generation is missing wisdom. Mm. It is missing wisdom. Say that again. <laughs> it's missing wisdom. And I actually dedicated my book. Wow, to I, like that. I had 11 grandparents growing up. It long story, but long story short, I had 11 grandparents and a lot of wisdom. And I think what this generation is missing is just wisdom. Someone yeah. to model. You know, we have our grandmas now TikToking and driving it like it's hot, you know, doing all those yeah. things. It's like, but are you telling your stories? Are you actually telling your experiences? Are you sharing your lessons? And I share my lessons all the time with my children and even with people who are older than me. And I think sometimes people are so ashamed of their stories and they're ashamed to let you know that grandpa has these outside kids. And, you know, we, we need women and men to sit down and actually talk to people who are younger than them or who have experienced things that the other person might be going through and actually utilizing wisdom so that this generation can understand some things. They seem very entitled, some of them, and that entitlement is just breaking them down and their mindset just has to be elevated. But in order for that to happen, they have to tell somebody, sit down, sit down and just be, sit down and listen. 
and give and, and also not just sit down and listen, but to have something to pour into them that's going to help them on their journey. So wisdom has to be what our generation is with today's generation is just missing. But it's up to us to impart that generation, that wisdom into this generation. So you talk about domestic violence and, you know, sort of how you dealt with that situation. Um, is is there a remnant or there is, is is there a possible uh, emotional uh, uh, stain or emotional drama that comes from um, sex or that comes from, you know, that type of abuse? There is, but it's also possible to release those things mm -hmm. and to utilize those things to assist you with becoming a better version of yourself. Gotcha. For me, I had to not point the finger at the other person, but I had to turn around and point it at me. What did you do wrong? What's inside of you that allowed you to allow to let this person do this to you? And that's one of the hard topics that people don't like to discuss especially when it comes to survivors or people that's in domestic violence, you have to be real with yourself and look at yourself. Not saying that what, what's going on with you is right, but you also got to figure out what's going on within you that's not right so that you can fix it in order to gain that strength or that power to get out of it. So I got a whole nother twist for you. Who is Lush, who I said La, who is Hashandra? the coach talk to the audience about the coaching program and um you know that aspect of who you are yes so don't overthink me llc don't overthink yourself out of being yourself so when i coach i make sure that i understand every single one of my clients mm -hmm. there's not a just a black and white this is going to be our steps no not with me what we do is we sit down and we actually make a customized plan to actually get you to your goal. I first identify your goals and then break them down in little segments so that they can be achieved. Now, with some people, it takes one session, two, se two sessions. With other people, they may be with me for, you know, about a year, but we meet maybe once or twice a month. And so the thing that I like about the way that I coach is that it's so customized to that person because we're going to try to identify why you're not achieving those goals and it can be something as simple as i can't focus so now we're not just going to we're going to figure not now that we know that you can't focus we're going to get some tools to help you focus even if it's medication i'm going to make sure you go to your doctor's appointments you know and i kind of go above and beyond with that because i really want to take care of the whole person so that's why, even though I'm a life coach, I call it life consulting, uh, because that's basically what I'm doing, just consulting and assisting and guiding and just helping the client to identify and achieve those goals. And I like having coaches on the show. And I say this every week that there's always something that uh, or a different perspective that a person can bring that's good for the audience. We do this not because we want all the knowledge to ourselves. We do this because we're sharing the information and we're sharing techniques. We're sharing different types of methods that can help people improve their lives. Mm -hmm. And one thing with coaching is to make sure that the client or the person that you're, that you're coaching 
that we're not turning them into little mini me's of ourselves. And even sometimes I've sat down and I've tried to pick coaches for myself because I always say a great coach has a coach. When I'm picking a coach for myself, I'm making sure that they understand me as a person. And that's some of the best advice I can give anybody that's looking for, for a coach. Make sure that that coach's ego is not in play so that they can help you instead of just trying to help themselves. So with picking a coach, that was that was very important for me. Are you here for me? Are you here for you? <laughs> very interesting. And it goes back to just be. Mm-hmm. Uh, the very concept of be here now, you know, I talked about the human ego and how mm-hmm. you have to suppress the human ego to just be. And I use modalities, spiritual modalities in my coaching program in my mindset performance program. You know, we may do some self hypnosis. We may do some QHHT. We may um, come back and, you know, um, look at removing all those, the trauma from the fears uh, or the subconscious money blocks or the unworthiness that you picked up when you were a little boy. You know, so I know exactly what you're saying, Hashandra. And what's so fascinating to me is that I can have a variety of coaches or metaphysical coaches or a variety of self-help gurus on the show. And we can all achieve the same type healing with all these different methods. And I just think mm-hmm. that that is really cool. Yes. Yes, indeed. Healing is one of my favorites. And that's right. the one that I utilize for myself. Wow. Wow. Have you ever tried the EFT tapping? The emotional tapping? I haven't. You have to go look on some of the shows. Uh, I've had a few guests that there were experts in it. And you can remove stress. You can remove any kind of uh, bad feeling you may have just by doing a tapping exercise. And it's and it puts you in the mind uh, mind frame of uh, uh, doing the um, with the needles, the acupuncture. Mm-hmm. It, it, it puts you in the mind frame of what acupuncture can do because it can do the same things. Um, but um, it's a lot of interesting things out here and. And I'm so glad there is there's a professional coach like you that can um, help people uh, uh, attain their goals uh, and that can, you know, be consistent because we want our coaches to be consistent um, and well accomplished. Arthur, congratulations on the books. And I just wish you the uh, best of success. Is there anything you uh, any last words or any offers, upcoming seminars? Um Anything you want to say to the audience uh, before we get out of here? Um, If I could just leave some advice with the audience, like I said, I believe I said it, but I want to repeat it. Um, Just talk to yourself, listen to yourself, and definitely grace yourself. Grace yourself. Remember, life is just worth living. Just live it out and just be. Wow. Wow. Outstanding. You hang on in the back. I'm going to finish this out. And I just want to, I want to wrap it up with you. Just give me one sec. A beautiful, um, eloquent conversation with Hashandra. I mean, I just absolutely loved it. And I know that she's probably touched a few of you out there. She's probably given a person maybe hope. Uh, maybe, you know, some of the things she writes about in her book could have probably happened 
to somebody who's listening, teen sex, pregnancy, um, and we talked about the emotional drama of sex and some of the things that uh, Hashandra had to go through. Um, but I, I think at the end of the day, love prevails over anything, even fear. I want to thank you for coming out and supporting and listening to the show, Expansion of Consciousness. We're live on YouTube at Expansion of Consciousness, and we are excited about um, what we're putting together here and how the content is distributed um, to people who care about it, who people who to people who want to improve themselves, to people who want to expand their consciousness. Thank you again, and good night, and we'll see you the next time.